Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Bowling, and I'm way pumped to have you join me today because I get to interview a special guest. As you listen today, you get to hear what it looks like to live in genuine love every day, and you're going to love it. Be sure to subscribe and share this with your friends. I'm stoked to introduce to you one of my favorite people, Susie Larson. Yay! Yay! Good to be with you. Totally good to be with you. And Susie, you and I, like, we catch up and we're like, (laughs) but not everybody knows you, you know, kind of. So can you give us a little bit of a biography, short thumbnail biography? So they're kind of familiar. Absolutely. Well, um, let's see. A short one, huh? Okay. (laughs) Um, I was raised in a large family. And I I was part of a denomination where I knew God was real, but I really didn't know Jesus was accessible. I had a sense of his presence as a young girl and as a fifth of seven kids, I was a real rule follower. And uh, at the age of nine, I suffered some trauma at the hands of teenage boys, sexual trauma. At the age of 10, I was walking home from school and was jumped by a group of teenage boys and beat badly. And those were markers in my life. And I know we went from laughter to deep, but that is, I can't tell my story without telling that part of the story. And when these boys jumped me, and I was just a little four foot thing, and they were laughing wildly as they punched me and pulled fistfuls of hair out and kicked me in the stomach. And I'm screaming. And they left, walked away laughing. And I got up so jarred and so traumatized Mm -hmm. by that. And I heard in my ear, it wasn't audible, but it might as well have been, I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. And so at that moment as a little girl, I knew God was real and I knew the devil was real. Mm -hmm. And I say all that to say, I I, I believe this so strongly that the devil sees your potential long before you ever do. Because if you just want to look back at the first time you thought you weren't enough or knew you weren't enough or something happened to to make you more self-aware than God-aware, that's the enemy going after something in you because your potential threat to him is so great that he wants to be a threat to you. Mm -hmm. And so all of that to say, I, I lived those young years, um, and really a lot of my young adult life with a lot of fear, a lot of bracing for impact. And um, you jump ahead as a young mom. I came to Christ in eighth grade, a really awesome way where God just met me out on a picnic table one night. And I, I didn't even know what I was actually saying, but just saying, I want, I want to know more of you. I believe you're real. If there's more, reveal yourself to me. And I started to read the scriptures under my bed sheet with a flashlight, just, you know, wanting to get to know who Jesus was. And uh, so I came into marriage with a very passionate walk of faith, I, I knew I was saved, but I just didn't know I was loved. Mm. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of believers. And so I just transferred all my high performance, which I did in high school, gymnastics and athletics and singing and all those things I was striving to do is try to dig myself out of a hole um, because I just... I felt that I was in this canyon of self-contempt and insecurity and fear. I mean, people saw me on the outside and saw someone who could achieve things. But on the inside, I was just a pile of contradictions. And so once I became a Christian, I just sort of transferred a lot of that uh, striving into, you know, serving on five committees and all that stuff, you know. And uh, I, during one of our pregnancies, I was in bed rest for about six months and, uh, um, one day the docs let me get up to test the waters and uh, met some girlfriends from college. We went for a walk. I was back in bed that night contracting. And two weeks out of that time, my face started to go numb. And, um, and it would take a year to find out that I was unknowingly bit by the deer tick and contracted limes. And so that's heavy, I know. But that is such a big part of my story that yeah. I spent those early years as a mama, uh, army crawling through the valley. 
And I was so new in my faith that when my face would go numb, and as a young 20, 30-something, my short-term memory started to go, and our medical debt was going up to the roof while my energy was plummeting, yeah. I didn't know where God was. I didn't know if he lost my address. And I didn't actually know that that was a training time that God was preparing me for a purpose. And uh, right in the middle of all that, where I was, I, I stopped having like vision and passion and dreams for my life because I really was like, I just pray I can live long enough to see my kids grow up. You yeah. know, it was just more survival. Yeah. And uh, right in the middle of that, a woman called from my church and she said, you know, I've been listening to the chatter about you. Because some were gossiping because the, 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 the crisis lasted so long, yeah. you know, and others were, were feeling bad for us. And so she said, I wanted to know for myself, what is going on with this family? Mm. And she's, she said, I brought your case before the Lord. And she said, you listen to me. She said, Susie Larson, God showed me a platform that he's building with your pain that you'll speak from someday. So lean in and learn everything you can because you'll have a story to tell. Mm. And it was like, it was a truth bomb moment. It dropped into my soul. And Sarah, I needed that because I got worse before I got better. Mm. You know, it was like the enemy unleashed his fury on me. And, uh, but I knew something now. It was like, and in that place, after I hung up, it was the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, Susie, are you a believer just because you've secured your eternity or do you actually believe the stuff mm -hmm. that I've written in my word? I mean, mm -hmm. when are you going to shift your way down to the promises to see if they'll hold? Mm -hmm. And that was a turning point for me in my faith where mm -hmm. I started to go, you know what? The anchor holds and I'm going to trust that he is going to redeem my story somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that is my, my, that's my story. That's my song. And there's so much more to it, but all of that to say, if there's something that is kind of threaded through everything I write and speak and do is the, the idea that, that, that he loved us first, first of all. It's not that we loved God, mm -hmm. but that he loved us. And he loves us first every single day. Mm -hmm. And to know this love is what changes everything. But two, that we have to contend for some of these promises. We can't passively be on the mat for 38 years like the man in the Gospels and just sort of wait. We need to rise up. We need to be able to answer the question, do you want to get well? Or what do you want me to do for you, right? Yeah. And, and to really embrace the promises that God is issuing to us because our story isn't just about us. It's about so many other people mm -hmm. and our sphere of influence. So mm -hmm. I do have a lot of passion. I do have a lot of fight in my spirit. I still struggle daily with symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, you know two steps forward, three steps back, it seems, but I've come a long way. Uh, but I, I love them more than I've ever loved them before. And I, I want to see people healed and I want to see people mobilized mm -hmm. into their calling. I, I think the thing that gets me out of bed every day is getting people ready to meet Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you're lost, I want you found. Mm -hmm. If you're found, but you're not living out your purposes be, because you don't know who you are, you're believing a lie, I want you positioned in a way where you just know that you know mm -hmm. you're someone God loves. And since you're a masterpiece, you're someone he's called as well. Mm -hmm. And to that end, part of the way you, you uh, express that is, one, you got radio, right? Mm -hmm. So how much do you do radio stuff-wise? My radio is probably my main thing right now. Yes. So, I mean, radio first. I'm yep. writing books uh, yep. second, and I do speak, yep. but I keep that on a very short leash. I say no more often than yes just because of the cost. What it, sure. it's, you know, when you travel, it disrupts the apple cart for me physically. It yep. takes me a long time to recover. Yep. We're still out you know, pre-COVID, we were out more probably yeah. than my physical body uh, wanted to be. And this break has actually been uh, very precious for me. And mm -hmm. I'm really rethinking how much of that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. But, but I, you know, I work uh, three-quarter time in radio. So I have a lot of time that goes into that. Yeah. And then I'm about ready to start another book. So mm -hmm. um, 
that's what, yeah. So we can listen to you on radio. Mm -hmm. Where can we find you on radio? So I'm a part of a radio network in the upper Midwest. We also have a station in, in Connecticut. At MyFaithRadio.com is, is the website, but we have a free app so you can live stream from everywhere. And what's amazing is we give away resources every single day. In fact, you're my guest, one of my guests <laughs> next week. I'm super excited about that. But we, um, once our live show is over, it goes to podcast, and our podcast listenership for some reason has exploded all over the world. Yeah. And they don't even know we're a radio station so they think it's just a podcast but whatever I don't care yeah. but it, what an amazing medium to yep. communicate the love of God to bring people on like you yep. and other great leaders to speak to the issues of our day to help mobilize people yep. and I just love so much that that I, that's a filter for me, the deeper life, powerful life. I'm looking for guests yeah. to kind of fit into that lane to yeah. go help people know God's love yeah. and help people know that they're called. Yep. I'll never forget the first interview I did with you. Hmm. Um, and it was when I did the book called Heavenly Help. Hmm. And uh, I, I mean, I had kind of heard of you, but I didn't know anything. And I'll never forget that interview. I was sitting in my car waiting to pick up my kids. Hmm. And it was like a little bit ahead of time. So I was like, you got to not be driving. To yeah. <laughs> Save it for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I remember talking and just the conversation that we had. The interview was like real natural, real easy. And I was like, because some people, when you talk about Holy Spirit, it's it can be kind of a um, touchy subject for mm -hmm. some people. Right. Mm -hmm. But I loved Man, I loved the, your questions. I love the, the engagement. I love mm -hmm. the connection with that. And I was like. That, like of all the interviews that I did, I was like, that is my, that's, you were my favorite interview. Mm, wow. I know. And I was wow. like, she does, this, this chick is like the real deal. Wow. I mean, I was like, wow. just totally like, this is phenomenal. And mm. so that was kind of the starting point uh, in terms of like connecting with you. And on that, again, I'll never forget. I remember exactly where I was parked. I remember like getting done. I was like, wow, <laughs> that mm. was incredible. I, and so from that point on, um, it's been important to me to stay connected and wow. just to at least keep touch a little bit, you know, and text here and there. You know, I, I feel like I need to say this as you're, you know, I had no formal training in radio and I think someone might need to hear this today because, you know, I started out as a speaker and, it, and back then I was so sick. I was speaking at MOPS groups and retreats. This was many, many years ago. And then yeah. I started to write and I was author speaker, so to speak. And I was on a media tour and uh, I was in a studio as the guest and I'm talking to the host and she's talking to me while she's cueing the producer and something leapt within my heart. And I, I was in fitness for 15 years. So when you teach group fitness classes, you are basically executing one move while you're cueing the next. You know, you're doing a grapevine going over the step. You know, you're telling people what to do it to, you know. Yeah. And in radio, I'm watching these hosts. They're talking to me, but they're cueing the producer. Now, I'm an introvert. It's, you know, I have speaker friends who love the attention, who love yeah. the crowds, and, and that exhausts me. You know, yeah. it's just the truth. And it was interesting. I say this to say pay attention to the quickening in your spirit because I noticed something happened to me when I was in that studio. Mm -hmm. And then the next time it jumped again. I'm like, Lord, I think I might want to do that. Now, if this is a self-ambitious goal, take it out of me. But if this is something you're awakening in me, I'm listening. Pay mm -hmm. I'm paying attention. Well, every time after that I would do an in-studio interview, Sarah, it was all I could do not to bump her off her seat and go, I want to ask a few <laughs> questions here. And I'm like, Lord, oh, uh -huh. my goodness, Lord, you've got to, you know. And in due time, mm -hmm. I was walking out of our local station where I work now, and this was uh, over 15 years ago, and the producer said, you're a natural behind the mic. Would you ever? And I'm like, yes. I didn't know what she was even going to ask me. I thought she could ask me to lunch, and I was going to be, yes. Sure. And she said, would you be a backup guest host? So I was a backup guest host for four years. Now, I want you to hear this. Every time I would go in, so I was still author, speaker, 
and doing this on the side. Every time I would go in, I'd be in, let's say I hadn't slept the night before, I was having symptoms, and I would get to interview someone. Something would come alive in me. And it got to the point where I'm like, Lord, you either gotta take this away from me or you gotta give me my own show. Mm -hmm. And two years in, that opening, there was an opening, and I applied and someone else got it. And yet I knew the Lord wasn't releasing me. He's like, serve, come underneath this, learn mm -hmm. everything you can. So for four years, I was a guest host. And then the door opened and then things sort of went from there. And I remember when, when the opportunity came, there were a number of author friends, different editors and agent friends who were saying, if you step into this, you will kill your writing career. And I said, first of all, I don't see it as a career, it's a ministry. But wisdom's path is peace to me. The peace of God is what reigns supreme. And so if it means I have to let go of that to lay hold of this, I'll do that. And one of my girlfriends said, Susie, you're a deeper life girl. And she said, I don't see this as a contradiction to what you're doing over here. She said, you care about deeper life conversations. She goes, so what if you're on the other side of the mic? She said, to me, it's like in the revival tent, you're just holding a different pole. Mm -hmm. So go forward and trust God. And Sarah, I've written more books since I've worked in radio yeah. than I wrote before. And I think they're better, mm -hmm. I mean, just even craft-wise, yeah. because of the press on my time, I've had to have an economy of words. Mm -hmm. I had no training and I had a lot of people saying this thing in my ear. And I wanna say that because I think somebody might be watching today mm -hmm. who, who has a quickening in their hearts, mm -hmm. but it doesn't make sense to them. Yeah. But that's where you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yep. You say, Lord, with all my heart, I yep. trust you. I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. And you are gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna acknowledge mm -hmm. you. You're gonna make my path straight because yep. it fits who I am. And, and people have said to me before, I don't know what box to put you in, you know? Right. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm just me, right? right? And, and I feel like the same with you. Yep. You know, it's like a hybrid ministry. Yep. You, you do this, you do this, you, but yep. that needs to be okay in this mm -hmm. day. And I just think God is raising people up in very uni unique ways. Yep. It makes no sense when people ask me, what kind of education do you have for radio? And I'm like, the school of suffering. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I yeah, just yeah, think yeah. maybe someone needed to hear that today. Yeah. And along that line too, I just kind of feel this in my heart too. In Revelations, I think it's three verse eight. It says, I open a door for you that no man can close. Mm -hmm. And I think that as well for some of the people watching today, listening, that God opens doors um, and you know, waiting for God to open the doors and being attentive to. And I had a conversation with somebody earlier this morning, You know, the doors that God opens, no man can close. But if God closes a door, <laughs> hey, Stop banging your head against Come the on. wall. Amen. Because seriously. So I think that's really important. So Susie, how many books have you written? 17. I'm just about to start 18. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Pray nice, for nice. me because, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, this every time, as you know, when you write a book, you walk through, um, you walk through it. Yep. And, uh, but anyway, yes. I'm, and each book is distinct. Yes. The experience is unique. Yes. It's mm -hmm. like having a baby. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Very and much. And it's a pregnancy and it's like, okay, what's this one like? Indeed. And yeah. it's fun. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I'll totally mm -hmm. pray. Totally Thank pray. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for yes. being honest and vulnerable. Mm. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. So thank you for watching. Of course, uh, hit the notification button right there uh, so you can keep getting some, uh, notifications when we put up new content. Thank you for subscribing. And I'd like to ask you this question. What door would you like God to open for you? Doesn't mean necessarily once you say it doesn't mean that God totally does that because sometimes I've asked God open this door and God doesn't. You're like, well, just be persistent. 
Sometimes I think that's true. But let's think about the door that you want God to open. And maybe God would open it in ways that you didn't necessarily anticipate or expect. But let God be in charge of the method. But maybe just identify what's the door. Holy buckets, wasn't that amazing? Oh my gosh, thank you so much for listening today. Totally love your guts. And I'd love for you to share this with your friends and your family. Thank you again and again for listening. And we'll catch you next week.